Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi folks, this is Peter Hunt again in the Proper Lookout Podcast. Recently, I published a podcast episode dealing with the district court decision in Ritchie and the nominal defendant, which examined the scope of federal jurisdiction, which in turn deals with the scope of the Personal Injury Commission's jurisdiction to resolve CTP claims. I'm not going to repeat here what was discussed there, and I'd encourage you to listen to that episode of the podcast series before listening to this episode. In this episode, I will endeavour to explain my views on the implications of the decision in Ritchie, both directly and more broadly. Now, I want to make absolutely clear that some of what I'm about to say flows directly from the district court judgment in Ritchie, whereas other aspects of what I'm about to say flow from my general understanding of the concept of federal jurisdiction based upon my own reading and having heard argument and various debates on this issue in the context of the Ritchie decision. So here we go. The immediate consequence of Harana's reasoning in Ritchie is that the Commission has no jurisdiction to assess any medical dispute, any merit review matter, any miscellaneous assessment matter, or any damages dispute between an interstate resident and the nominal defendant. Each time such a dispute arises, the parties must seek leave in the district court pursuant to section 26, subsection 3 of the Personal Injury Commission Act for the compensation matter to be determined by the court in substituted proceedings. Now, once leave is granted, the court may remit its function to the PIC to perform in accordance with its normal practice and procedure. The court retains its power however, to subsequently either accept, reject or vary the findings made by the Commission. In other words, the District Court refers the dispute to the Commission, much like a court referral to a neutral referee in a building case. The ultimate jurisdiction remains with the District Court and the Commission's certificate has no lawful effect until it's adopted by the court. That's the direct consequence of the findings in Ritchie. Now, as I said, I've heard uh, various debates over recent months about federal jurisdiction in the context of the Ritchie decision. And based on that, I have some very general observations about when federal jurisdiction will arise in CTP claims. So let's start with the most common type of dispute. That is a claim against a New South Wales licensed CTP insurer, either by a resident of New South Wales or and interstate resident. Any stat benefits claim, in my view, or any damages claim, in my view, against a New South Wales licensed CTP insurer, irrespective of residence, involves no exercise of federal jurisdiction because each of the New South Wales CTP insurers is a corporation and a corporation is neither a resident of any place or the state. So that covers the vast majority of CTP claims claims made against a licensed New South Wales CTP insurer. So what about 
stat benefit claims by claimants injured by interstate vehicles. Now, the starting point there is Section 3.2, Subsection 6 of Maya, which provides that any stat benefits claim involving an interstate vehicle is made against the nominal defendant. So that brings into play Ritchie. If the claimant is an interstate resident and they're claiming against a nominal defendant because it's an interstate vehicle, then that involves a dispute between a resident of one state and the nominal defendant, which is part of CIRA, which is part of the state of New South Wales. Therefore, there is an exercise of federal jurisdiction and the PIC has no jurisdiction to resolve that dispute. If the claimant is a New South Wales resident, however, making a claim against an interstate vehicle, there's no exercise of federal jurisdiction because in that circumstance, we have a dispute between a New South Wales resident and the state of New South Wales. So it's all within one state and therefore there's no federal jurisdiction issue within the meaning of Section 75, Subsection 4 of the Constitution. The next category I want to discuss is common law claims against interstate insurers. Now that depends on which state we're talking about. If the insurer of the vehicle at fault is insured in Victoria, Western Australia or Tasmania, then the claim is against a state-owned insurer. In those circumstances, there will be an exercise of federal jurisdiction because they involve a dispute between a resident of one state and the state of another state, unless the claimant resides in the same state as the insurer involved. So taking a typical example where the claimant is a resident of New South Wales and the vehicle at Ford is, for example, insured by TAC in Victoria, that involves a dispute between a resident of New South Wales and the state of Victoria, and therefore there will be a, an exercise of federal jurisdiction. If the vehicle at Ford, however, is insured in Queensland, South Australia, the ACT or the Northern Territory, then there's no issue of federal jurisdiction because in those states and territories, the insurers are private insurers and not um, state-owned. And because a corporation is not a resident of any place and is not the state, there's no issue of um, federal jurisdiction. The last category of I want to discuss is interstate residents injured in New South Wales by interstate vehicles of their own state. So, for example, a Victorian resident injured in New South Wales by a vehicle registered in Victoria. So, in a step benefit claim, we go back to Section 3.26 of Maya, which says that any such claim against an interstate vehicle is against a normal defendant. As such, the claim involves an interstate resident against the nominal defendant, which is part of the state of New South Wales, even though the vehicle itself is registered in Victoria, and there would be an exercise of federal jurisdiction in those circumstances. When it comes to the common law claim, however, where an interstate resident is injured in New South Wales by a vehicle registered in their own state, no issue of federal jurisdiction arises, irrespective of where, whether the insurer is state-owned or privately owned. Now, I recognise this is cutting edge and it's complex. If you have any observations, uh, let me know. If you think I'm wrong, I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to have a debate about that. If you have any questions, I'd love to answer them, or at least do my best to answer them. Now, as I said, this is complex. So to assist, I've left a link 
on our website below this podcast and also in the Maya Toolkit, which you'll find on the resources page on our website, a link to a document entitled uh, Federal Jurisdiction Guidelines, which sets out everything I've discussed today in table form, which I hope will be easy to follow. So that's my thinking on federal jurisdiction. I stand to be corrected in the event that any future court decision contradicts what I've said today. But until then, I hope I've assisted in trying to unravel the mysteries of federal jurisdiction for you. And I thank you for your time and look forward to discussing another topic in the Proper Lookout podcast. Until then, cheerio. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 